Welcome to the Understanding Jesus Podcast. I'm Pastor Troy Richards, and we have a great day today. We don't have a guest today. It's just Josh and myself. Uh, it's really hard to to beat. Uh, have, we had Daniel last week as our guest on the show, so uh, we really didn't want another guest to have to follow that. So we're going to give a little bit of buffer uh, room between Daniel and the next guest. But we do have some exciting things to cover in the book of Matthew. Uh, God, there so many wonderful things in the book of Matthew uh, and as we continue in the book of Genesis, um, also there, are, as as we go through the the, the life of Isaac and and uh, and Jacob, uh, those so many neat truths that that we bring out some of those things today. And also we'll take a, a peek in the, the book of Proverbs uh, to see some of the wisdom that God gives to us, uh, and some great questions at the end of the podcast today. Some some questions that uh, that may resonate with you. So I hope you'll stick around, and uh, and we've got a great program ahead. Here on Understanding Jesus. Welcome back to the Understanding Jesus podcast, where we are taking a look at the things that God revealed to us in our reading this week as we're reading through the Bible. Uh, and if you read through the Bible, pretty much at the beginning, we're all in the same place. So um, so, we, so it should be things that you are familiar with. And if you're just getting started reading the Bible, awesome. Hopefully this, uh, as we, uh, especially if we're a little bit ahead of you, then mm-hmm. maybe it'll give you incentive to, to keep keep at it because there are some pretty amazing things that we uncovered in God's Word. Uh, this week, and so um, the uh, I wanted to uh, share something from uh, Genesis 19, um, and uh, it was um, Genesis 19, 16 through 20. I'll just read it to you. And while he lingered, the men took hold of his hand, his wife's hand, and the hands of his two daughters. The Lord being merciful to him, mm-hmm. and they brought him out and set him outside the city. They're talking about Lot here. So it came to pass when they had brought them outside that he said, escape for your life. Do not look behind you nor stay anywhere in the plain. Escape to the mountains lest you be destroyed. Then Lot said to them, please know my lords. Indeed, now your servant has found favor in your sight and you have increased your mercy, which you have uh, shown me by saving my life. But I cannot escape to the mountains lest some evil overtake me and I die. See now, this city is near enough to flee to and it is a little one. Please let me escape there. Isn't it isn't it not is it not a little one, <laughs> and my soul shall live. I, I I found that interesting because a couple of things happening here. One is as the angels come and tell Lot leave Sodom and Gomorrah because we're going to destroy it and so forth. That um that what he's saying is if I go to the mountains I he's not I said I'm not a mountain guy you know it's like I I'm gonna get <laughs> I'm gonna get eaten by wolves or something and so please let me just go to another town and rest there. But I find it interesting he's more afraid of the mountains than he is of what God's getting ready to do in Sodom and Gomorrah. Now, if you read on, and and hopefully you will yeah. continue on, he actually does go to the mountains and hide in a cave because he sees what God does, yeah. and he's like, okay, now, <laughs> Whoa, I, get, now uh, I get it. Yeah. Okay, you were serious. But what really stuck out to me here is is that they they took him, that they kept saying, let's go, let's go, mm-hmm. let's go, let's go, and finally just grab him and say, well, we're going, yeah. and took him out of the hand. And I thought, you know, that is that is how God relates to us. Right. Sometimes it's like for his children and for those he cares about that God had purposed to yeah. get Lot out of there. Right. For not even for Lot, for Abraham. He's doing it for because yeah. his love for Abraham and because Lot's connected to Abraham. And uh and so he gets I think that 
so, on so many levels. One, that shows the value of a faithful parent or a faithful yeah. child or whatever, uh, praying for family members, praying mm-hmm. for those, interceding for others. Right. The importance of that, of our of our need for intercession. Also, uh, how God hears that prayer mm-hmm. and takes it very seriously. Yeah. And and then sends whatever he needs to send in order to protect those who he has deemed need mm-hmm. to be protected. And and sometimes even when we are reluctant, yeah. uh, he <clears throat> intervenes and says, yeah, I'm right. going to push you along a little bit here. Right. And uh, and, and wow, I've had, uh, you know, I've shared a message this previous week, I guess, um, that uh, we um, we were, you know, coming back from our vacation and yeah. I didn't want to stop. And uh, and it was like I needed to stop. Didn't mm-hmm. know I needed to stop. But uh, my mm-hmm. wife kept saying, we need to stop. We need to stop. And because um, the weather was bad. and But I was having car problems that I didn't know I was having. Yeah. And uh, and a state policeman blocked the road and forced us off at the exit. Mm. And uh, and then after we had stopped off the exit, and a motel parking lot discovered the car problems I had. And I thought, wow, if, if that policeman mm-hmm. had been there, I would have just kept going. And been in South Memphis on the side of the road in a winter storm uh, with uh, all my grandkids and everything. But the uh, but God God's, God yeah. knew that, and so He intervenes, and uh, and so it's, that's a what a what a grace He shows to lot shows to all of us. Yeah, it's cool. I was uh, I've been reading through Matthew, blah, 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 reading through Matthew, um, even beyond just like our study, but in Matthew 1 and 2, where, um, it's Matthew 1, where it's like a consistent story about Joseph being obedient. And I kept thinking, wow, like the Lord like called him to do things and he was just immediately obedient. And because of his obedience, protection was there. And then I just kept thinking like, wow, like, but if Joseph wasn't obedient, like even then the Lord would have, when Herod came into the city to kill everyone, all of the boys under two years old, like even then God would have I mean, yeah, like he's he had protecting. Yeah, yeah his, was, just yeah. like a protecting, providing, and like intimate God. Yeah. It's it was not, just it's really not, cool. It's not Joseph who's saving Jesus. Yeah, no. It's God who's saving right. Jesus, and yes. he's using Joseph. Yeah, exactly. And, and that's and that's what Super he always cool. does. Yeah, he, 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 he does what it needs to be done. Yeah. And when we are willing, when we're obedient, then we get to be a part of that. Right. We get we get to. Or we have that. this freak out moment where we're dragged out to the outskirts of the town by <laughs> angels that we've you know had in our house right. for maybe two and, days. And think and think, boy, I'm really gonna miss the city. <laughs> yeah. I really, I wish <laughs> right. I could be in the city. I don't want to go to the mountain. That's right. <laughs> That's You're right. an idiot. Yeah, please take oh. me to the next. Can I go to that town? It's not so big. Can I go to the next? Town? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not, it's not as bad. So anyway. But yeah, whatever. And so it's like, so, okay, all right, all right. So I'll let you go to this little village or whatever. Yeah. But, and he's like, and then after he sees the destruction, he's like, nope, I'm yeah, going to the mountains. We're going to hide. to retreat. And so, yeah. yeah. So anyway. So what did mm-hmm. you, you read? Yeah, so I'm in Proverbs, and I, I've i been super invested in Proverbs. Proverbs, like the first few chapters of Proverbs are super, like, they're different than the rest of the Bible. Like we we talked about that last week. But the thing that is super interesting here, let me just read it. Sorry. Let me just read what I wrote. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Proverbs 2, 10 through 12 says this. For wisdom will enter your heart and knowledge will fill you with joy. Wise choices will watch over you. Understanding will keep you safe. Wisdom will save you from evil people and those whose words are twisted. Um, and I love this set of scripture this week. The wisdom seemed personified to me as I read it. Um, but it's interesting because like he literally does that. Um, the author of 
uh, who we believe to be most likely Solomon. Um, but like in Proverbs 1, it says, Wisdom shouts in the street. She cries out in the public square. She calls the crowds along the main street. And it goes on about this character of wisdom. It's not spoken about as a characteristic, but as a character. Like this is a character in the story is wisdom. And I was reading this passage in Proverbs 2, and in my head, this like imagery of this like, being like this just like being of light uh, but like a personal being who's dwelling with these people um and this being is doing things like the bible like what it's talking about um he guards the path of the just he protects those who are faithful um that he will enter your heart and knowledge will fill you with joy and his wise choices will watch over you understanding will keep you safe so he saves us he provides for us he fills us he guides us and i was just like whoa like this is so cool this like personified character of god Mm -hmm. and then i was like oh my gosh this is jesus like this is who the holy spirit this is who christ is this is what god is he's a dwelling being who lives inside of us like this is who lives in me is wisdom like Mm -hmm. that's what lives in me is this this character who's protecting and who's providing like that's a grace that's a pleasure like this this God of the universe has become so personable that he creates not not necessarily this character, but his characteristic of of himself to live inside of us. And it like just like hit me in the face of like the the love there. Like this protecting characteristic of God of wisdom um is incredible. And wisdom is so important. Um and I think we just like lack to see that sometimes, but wisdom literally is this thing that provides and protects for us. But it's also this thing that lives inside of us because it's who the character of God is. And it was just like, whoa, wow, that's really crazy. And so I can't get the picture out of my head of this like this like being <laughs> like literally shielding us from things, right. um, which is Christ. Like, yeah, well, the Holy Spirit. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. That's, and it's like he dwells in us like right. this. Oh, I don't know. It's yeah. it was super cool. It was yeah. like this really like wild moment. Yeah, and I think that uh, it, it is the the fuller revelation we have of the giving of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. It kind of yeah, it, and because that's the imagery you have in the Old Testament is wisdom, and you're trying right. to think of how does that even work, and that right. that that being uh, uh, possessed, yeah, you know, and being filled with something and so forth, and so yeah, uh, Jesus gives us the, I mean, Jesus obviously is filled with the Holy Spirit, and. And um and then gives that to us as well. It's awesome. Yeah. There, there are so many proverbs like uh, like this time in our reading it was trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not yeah. on your own understanding. I think you know things like that we say. Uh, that's a song I learned when I was younger and so forth. And and uh, and so it rings and 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 he will make your path straight. Um. But yeah. the um that uh the, the those truths are yeah. the things that those are things that you say to yourself over and over right. and over again. Right. Right. You know, it's like it's like that that uh like you said it. And it because it becomes a part of you. Mm-hmm. But it's like you have to keep uh, speaking it yeah. to affirm right. it's there. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I wrote in this, it was like really cool. It was, um, this wisdom is more than just words on a page, but an act of God working in my life. God mm-hmm. actively teaching me about him and the world around me yeah. is this spirit of wisdom. Awesome. It was super cool. Yeah. There were, um, there are a couple of passages that I um, really struggled to, uh, well, this, this week, that we of reading so many things that were actually life impacting things for me. And, the, mm. and one of them was from uh, the story of Isaac 
uh, how um, Abraham sent his uh, servant to mm. go find oh. him a spouse. Yeah. And uh, and I and I wasn't I don't think I was even familiar with that passage, but that's how I I had that same thing happen to me where where his servant goes and says, God, would you show me the woman that you have for right. uh, for my servant Abraham? And uh, and then of course Rebecca was the woman, but uh, but when I was seeking a spouse, that was that was my story too. I was I just asked God. I said, God, would you show me who did you want me to marry? And that yeah. and that way, because I didn't have a servant, I was too poor at that point. Um, nor did my father have servants. <laughs> um, but uh, but anyway, but he, but the result was the same. And I remember reading that later and thinking, oh my gosh, that's my own personal experience yeah. with that. But there was some another passage that we read that was also connected to a personal experience and. Um, when I was, we were praying about, and it's from Matthew chapter 10, uh, but I'll tell you, I'll set it up a little bit. I was, uh, looking at moving, uh, with my family. We had four young children, the youngest of my, well, actually Kim was pregnant with our fourth mm-hmm. child. And, and we were looking at moving, um, neither of us had lived far from our families. Um, we, I grew up in Owensboro, Kim grew up in Bowling Green and we kind of lived in between. Uh, and we were living out just outside of Bowling Green at the time, but the, um, the move was to Oregon. And so uh, my mother asked, did you get a map and figure out how, what's the furthest I can possibly get away from you? Um, which was not true. But, um, but anyway, so this, I was asking God for direction, and, I, and this was the passage I read. It was, he who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me, mm-hmm. and he who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me, and he who does not take his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. He who finds his life will lose it, and he who loses his life for my sake will find it. Mm-hmm. And I remember calling my mother and saying, uh, I said, you know, I said, we are going to spend eternity together, um, but uh, these people that I'm going to minister to, right. I don't know where they're going to be for mm-hmm. eternity. And I said, so I'm, I said, so you have to let me go for now in order to make sure more people mm-hmm. are in the kingdom. And then, you know, I can't, why would I spend my time here with people I already know yeah, are right, secure in the right. kingdom when there are so many that need to hear the gospel? And, uh, I, but I, but this is what struck me when I read this week. When I read that passage then, the part of the verse that stuck out stuck out to me was the he who loves father or mother more than me. And and now when I read that passage, I I don't think I even recognize that it's mm. also said and he who loves son or daughter, sons or daughters more than me. Yeah. And I was like, oh wow, it's our children too. Mm-hmm. And I and it's, so it's like it is also a letting go of our children. And so now we're in the phase of life where I have children who are saying those words back to me mm. and uh, and then going where it is, you know, you have kids who are called to be missionaries and getting ready to depart. Oh. Um, and it yeah. is, a, is a gut-wrenching thing, especially when mm. then they give you grandchildren and say, oh, we're going to take our grandchildren, yeah. your grandchildren thousands of miles away from you as well and so forth. But it is, but that's... That's what he's saying. He's like, it's mm. not, it's, this is multidimensional. Yeah. It's all, it's all cross-bearing. Uh, so, so, so you're, you're going to make that transition. I have, well, I have two things I want to share about that. Number one, when I was planning to go to Bible college, like actually moving, because I was supposed to go to Wisconsin, uh, my mom and dad were like, ah, you can't do that. You know? And I was like, I have to do that. You know, all this stuff and, um, super compassionate about it and all this stuff. Obviously I, I didn't go, but I was leaving it to my parents to say, like I knew that if the Lord wanted me to go, he would convince them that it was it was time for me to go. Right. And I remember talking to this guy named Doug Scheibel, who's from Ethnos, and um, he said to me um, and to my parents, like he was like, isn't this what you raised him to do? And it was this like, whoa, like my parents, like they raised me to do this and now I'm doing this. 
And it's hard for parents to let go of that and yeah. be like, oh, that's my child. And it's like, yeah, but he loves God and I love God. And so we have to let him go right. and do it and, and let him do what the Lord's calling him to do. Um, and since then, like, yeah, th- that helped me, my parents' relationship a lot. But anyway, that's number one. The second thing I wanted to share is this dichotomy of like this like hatred, mm-hmm. but like love of God. Like when you love God so much that this like, it looks like you hate everything else. Um, and this is something that my students, when I was the youth director here, like struggled with a lot. A lot of our students' parents are like not believers um, or have just like grown up in church, but like haven't lived out faith or anything like that. And my students spend a lot of time in this building or at church or reading their Bible or in the coffee shop on Wednesday mornings during collaboration because they want to spend time in the word and spend time with each other talking about God. And there was this one time where my student was like weeping. She was like, my mom won't let me come to church and I don't understand why. And she, and so she asked her mom what was going on. And she was like, you love this more than you love your family. Mm. And my student was like, am I wrong? Like, am I doing something wrong? And I brought her, I brought her to this passage and I said, no, because your love of God, how much you love him, Mm. like should be different than the way you love anything else. And so it was like this moment for me where it became real of like, wow, like my parents are believers, but like I, these kids who are kids, like they are dealing with this, um, with this specific kind of passage where it seems like you hate everyone else around you, but it's because you love God so much that nothing else matters. Well, when you are witnessing to people who uh, practice Islam and so forth, or their family or Muslim, Mm -hmm. and and you're trying to get them to turn away from their family, they're going to be cast out of their family. And so it's, yeah. And, and, and all kinds of different things. Have you ever, Heard the song uh, "When It's Time to Go" by For Him. Mm-mm. Write that down. Write that down to listen to that song. "When It's Time to Go" by For Him. Is it gonna make me cry? Maybe. Probably. If you didn't know this about me, I'm an emotional. Yeah, yeah I was thinking about it, and I was thinking, I was thinking that's a, it's a pretty, it's a very impacting song. By who? Uh, for Him. Number, number four. Number four. H I M. I feel like I'm getting a phone a phone number. Is the this number their four, logo? Him. Because it the should be. The number four. Him. Um, I don't know. It should be. Yeah. Okay. Um, sorry. Okay. I have the devotional for the last one. Um, Matthew twelve twenty one. Um, he, it's, it's a short little verse and all it says, and in his name, the Gentiles will hope. Mm. And I was reading it and I was like, whoa, whoa. Like the, like just like this, this is a huge moment in scripture. Like, yeah. like Jesus, the one that they've been prophesying about all the time for salvation of the Jews now he's bringing in the nations and i was like reading it and then i was like wait a minute this verse is true of me like mm-hmm. i am a gentile who my complete hope is in him and it like the truth of that just rung out and i was like this is huge like mm-hmm. that was a massive moment for for the bible like this was um god bringing in the nations um and it was no longer just the Israelites, but now it was anybody who wasn't a Jew. And wow. that's me. And it was it was really cool. It was like this like really precious moment the Lord was just like Yep. That is <laughs> that is super cool. And what a revelation that was. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. 
that he is the fulfillment of, mm-hmm. of what God promised. Yeah, because right before that, he sends the disciples. He's like, go into all the towns of the Jewish people and proclaim yeah. my name. Yeah. And then he comes in and he's like, ah, the Gentiles. It's like, yeah. you yeah. know, and I can't understand why the Pharisees would be furious about that. Like, yeah. Which is funny because that's what they were always supposed to be. Right. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And it, it it really is when you we're able we're we're blessed to be able to look back and mm-hmm. say he's just and Paul is the one who really brings yeah, us out. Right. He's like uh, he's like look I'm just saying what was, mm-hmm. we were supposed to be doing right. all along. Yeah. And I he says and I missed it. I didn't yeah. see it. And right. Jesus stopped me and said, "Hey, wake up, Paul." Yeah. Um, and I remember reading through the Old Testament again like during Bible college and seeing the sojourner, seeing Ruth the Moabitess, like right. all of these things and it's like, "Oh, this is this has been his plan all along." Yeah. And then when it's illuminated when it's illuminated to you, it's like, oh, that all makes sense. The Illuminati. Oh, uh, I love it. we're going to get okay. killed. Well, good. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have some questions we need to cover, and so we are going to return momentarily and deal with some really good questions. So stay right here. We have some questions we need to take a look at, and I'm going to adjust this a couple, but I'm going to do this one from our faithful listener, uh, who shall remain nameless, but um, she's... Voldemort. <laughs> the name that, the shall, not that shall not be named. That's right. She's She's been on the podcast before, actually. You know who I'm talking about. Yeah. She always asks questions. She's always one of our faithful question asker people. Her name people. rhymes with lamb, <laughs> or it rhymes right. with... Right. She's mm. kind of sparky. <laughs> <laughs> so, Troy, what is the question? I, You know, I said I was going to ask the question, and then I lost the and question. You lost the question, and know, you told me the question earlier. Yeah, yeah go ahead and ask Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I got it. I got it. Oh. Um, It says, in the passage that you just talked about with uh, hating your mother and father, right. he does not come to bring Matthew, peace, but Matthew a 10, sword. That's right. Matthew yeah, 10, so... Do not think that I came to bring peace on earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. Yes. Thank you, Josh, for You're welcome. sparking that memory. Oh, yeah, that was good. Yeah, yeah. Well, here's the deal, uh, because it is it is difficult, because Jesus being the Prince of Peace, and you thinking in terms of that he would be bringing peace into the world, uh, one of the things that's really difficult to understand or us to come to terms with is um, is that people uh, one of the things about Islam uh, is that one of its that it is a peaceful religion but one of the mm-hmm. ways it brings about peace is to convert to, everyone to yeah. Islam well that is actually they draw that from Christianity mm-hmm. because Jesus's plan for peace is also the same is that the only way there is true peace in the world is that everyone is a follower of Jesus Christ right. that everyone follows Christ uh, and so when he says, it's not come bring peace, but a sword, but in his greater revelation, that sword is really the sword of the spirit. Right. It is not a literal sword. And which, <laughs> I mean, there, there will come a time when I believe it will be a literal sword. But uh, but right now it is simply just the word itself mm-hmm. that he is the sword um, and uh, and that he is the one who divides between mm-hmm. uh, truth and divides truth. And so the um, so the idea is is that if you have a parent who is or a child or who are, or people within your family who are choosing not to follow Christ, well mm-hmm. then Christ is not bringing peace within that home. Right. He is bringing division. He is bringing um, uh, unrest and so forth to that home. Uh, but that's uh, and said so, and and it, that's why he's trying to make clear. He says I didn't I did not come to bring peace on earth in that way in mm-hmm. the way you are thinking. Right. Um, but uh, but rather uh, division. And so it's not uh, Jesus is the Prince of Peace, 
And, and there's a reason for that. It's because that anything other than Christ is connected to death. Right. He's trying to save us from death, mm-hmm. and the only way to save us from death is to get you off the boat that is sinking. And if you insist mm-hmm. on staying on the boat that is sinking, then obviously you can't experience the peace right. that he has. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so what was your question? Yeah, so I'll start in Matthew uh, 12, because that's sort of a probably an easier question to ask than the next one that I have. But it's Matthew 12, 8. Um, and now I lost it in the Bible. Okay. Oh, here it is. Uh, Matthew 12, 8. It says, For the Son of Man is Lord, even over the Sabbath. And I just, every time I read this, and that's NLT, but the ESV says, for the Lord is the Lord of the Sabbath. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know what that means. <laughs> like, okay, well, thanks. <laughs> you have Jesus who, uh, who over and over again uh, presents himself as the son of man. Right. And oh, yeah. As, also, as what the, is that? As the son of man, he's trying to say that I am, um, because he is son of God. Right. But he, when he comes to serve, well, let's just get back to a point of theology. Yeah. That God is not man, and man is not God. Right. Uh, there's a there's a lot of religions that mm-hmm. try to put us all interwoven right. and so forth. But there is uh, God is distinct from us, and so while God is everywhere, mm-hmm. He is not everything. Uh, he is oh. He is um, in the midst of everything, but He yeah. is not everything. Right. And why that's important is is because He was in no way man. He created man, right. but He was in no way man. So when he, when Jesus, the incarnation of Christ, really is, is that the Son of God became man. I mean, mm-hmm. he and the way my seminary professor helped me to understand is he drew this big circle mm-hmm. and he said, "This is God," and he draws this little wart on the side. And he said, and he added to this himself another part to himself. So so God is again, God is not everything. That is right. not an attribute of God. Uh, so so it's not like God can't add parts to himself, and he did. The part he added to himself was being human, and so so he was fully God and fully human, and so he added this to himself. In this human capacity, he he walked through life as the Son of Man, meaning that as a as a um like um um C.S. Lewis would say, sons of Adam, you know. Oh, okay. And, uh, I see. The uh, and so he is now saying, "This is me as human," meaning I I'm denying myself my godly attributes. Meaning I became a baby, he had to learn language, he had to learn to walk. It's like God doesn't have to learn. Yeah. Uh, but as man, he put himself in a position to learn. But uh, but every once in a while, there would be this moment of declaration when people uh, make these accusations to, to give this greater truth. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, the Son of Man, uh, when they're saying you're breaking the laws of the Sabbath, he's like, let me just tell you. The Son of Man is the Lord of the Sabbath. Oh, I see. Himself. I see. So I'm not trying to say he says I'm I'm the one who created the law. Mm-hmm. Right. So right. I, so I so don't tell me what it yeah. means. I'll right. T- let me tell you what it means. Because they who speak and, about me. <laughs> right. And so, so that's yeah. and, okay. and, and that was sometimes that need to be clear. He's like you're trying to teach me mm-hmm. what my own law means. Right. And let me tell you, I'm the one who teaches with authority I see. here. I see. Here's what that means. And he's saying it, what, that I did not create the Sabbath. Uh, for you to, uh, you know, I didn't create you for the Sabbath. I created the Sabbath for you. Oh, okay, and, okay. and so it, the the point is, is that I get, I'm giving you rest. And, mm. and that, you know, when he says uh, elsewhere, he says, you know, come to me, all you who are weary and, la- and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Right. He is a God who gives rest. And so he was, so the Sabbath was created for men, for our mm. benefit, 
So you said you're making life more difficult. Oh, I see, I see. Uh, okay. By by putting these rules upon the Sabbath, these, mm-hmm. that's not what the Sabbath is for. Mm-hmm. The Sabbath is to make your life better. Right. You know, and so you're trying to keep people from eating I see. on the Sabbath or being mm-hmm. healed on the Sabbath. He said, well, that's just insane. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. And so he he does. Oh, that that confrontation happens right. over and over and over yeah. again. But here you have Matthew making clear that he is he is. It's not the Sabbath is not dictating to God what he can do. God okay. is the one who he's not changing it. Yeah, he's not altering it. He's just clarifying. Right. This is what the law means. That's cool. Yeah. That's super helpful. Good. Okay, so the next question is a little more. Um, well, it's the same amount of intensity, but um, Psalm seven eleven um, okay. says this. Let me read it from this other translation real quick. Okay. Um, it says this. God is a righteous judge and a God who feels indignation every day. So my question is, how do we and how should we understand the feelings of God? Because we have this big word immutability when we talk about God. He's unchanging. Yeah, he's unchanging. Um, but yet at the same time, he feels. But he does not feel the way humans feel. Right. Because he's perfect and he's unchanging. Right. So how do we and how should we understand the feelings of God. Well, first of all, that His true understanding of God is un is not we can't comprehend. Right. right. Um, so we just have what He reveals to us. We do know that He is a God who does feel, mm-hmm. and um, and the uh, He when He takes on humanity when He becomes Jesus, He He has feelings that you and I can relate to. So yeah. that's why there's such a connection to Jesus because mm-hmm. we see. This is what a man who's truly surrendered to God. This is what we we were supposed to look like. Yeah, and that's what God's doing. He's saying, He's saying, I Jesus is that is the new Adam. This mm, is the this is what it would look like if you were if you were really who you were supposed to be originally without you without being fallen mm-hmm. or compromised by sin, and so and who we will be when mm-hmm. we are regenerated and um, and given new bodies and and new and of course just it is just the Holy Spirit dwelling within us. Um, our spirit is renewed. The um, uh, but the but in the Old Testament there they don't have that revelation of Jesus right and so you have all kinds of descriptors we call it, it's called um, personification um, mm-hmm. which is just a grammatical term to say we give human traits to something that's not human right and so we do that all the time with God we give mm-hmm. him we use words to describe and and we believe that these words are supernaturally given under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. so so they are true uh, but again they are limited. In uh, giving us a full understanding, so when it says things like God forgot or God uh, yeah. whatever, the, God doesn't actually forget, you know. But but it's giving, it's kind of trying to use terms that we would understand to kind of understand how that would play out. Because when you forget something, you no longer hold it, and and so a better way to say it would be God chooses not to remember, mm-hmm. um, because that is something He can do. Yeah, uh, that He's not going to hold this against you any longer. It's as though He has forgotten. Um, so. Uh, and anger and so forth, and, and understand what righteous anger is. Those things. Are the the cool part about the revelation of Christ is we get to see how these emotions actually play right. out in human form. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, does does God have feelings? But He does. But you always have to remember that um, God in in His godness uh, take away the humanity, meaning Father God, who is not human. Um, the um, the father does not uh, feel pain, does not feel he can't be um, injured or whatever. So, so when he has sorrow, uh, when he has anger, all these things are righteous. They do not, they cannot diminish any of his other attributes mm-hmm. or qualities. And so that's where it becomes 
past our right. ability to understand. But yeah, uh, but think, just but that he does is affected. Yeah, you know by these things because he chooses to be. I think that we how humans feel emotions like our emotions fluctuate and that changes our character. But like God, like nor are they doesn't. controlled. Right, yeah. right, and his like don't fluctuate, but do like it's just yeah he's well, they, perfect. Right, and when, <laughs> yeah, and when when you sort of fluctuate, you have to be careful because right. it is a he feels exactly as he needs to yes, feel. Right, that's what I mean. At that particular moment, and but, it is completely under his control. Yes, and I think I meant to say like it doesn't fluctuate his character, like yeah. of God, like right. he's still God, even when he feels. Yeah, absolutely. Which last night we did Bible study on who is God for three hours, and we just kept our mouths just kept dropping open yeah. and just the things that he was revealing to us. And we kept getting to a point where we just kept saying, God is God because God is God. Well, the thing to re- that's the thing that needed. I have to continually remind people of and myself of mm-hmm. is that God does not uh, panic, that he does not, right. uh, that he does not ever fall apart. That he's yeah. not crumbled. That he is, that he's never weakened yeah. by emotion. Right. Uh, we are compromised emotionally. Yeah. Sometimes when we are emotional, it, it compromises our ability to think and, and rational and so forth. But that is never the case with mm-hmm. God. And so you, you, while he does love mm-hmm. and while he does, he's not a stoic being yeah. that has no capability of, to feel. It is um, that he feels but is not affected or compromised yeah. by those feelings. Yeah. Which, like, that's how he created us to be, to be like, I mean. That we're in, in his, his image. image. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Which is super cool. Yeah. Cool, mm-hmm. cool. All right. Well, good deal. Uh, that's, um, well, that'll do it. But anyway, it. yeah. yeah, it's been fun. Yeah, uh, we, you know, sorry we didn't have a guest, but uh, how do you follow Daniel? Really, I mean, from last week, and if you, <laughs> and if you didn't get a chance to hear Daniel again in season three, well, go back and listen to last week's podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, he it was really fun having Daniel here. Maybe we'll have him back. Maybe, maybe, maybe. we'll invite him back sometime. Maybe. So no promises, anyway. Daniel. All right. Well, thank you for joining us today on Understanding Jesus.